Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Angela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. What would you like to talk about today? So I'm just going to read my question. Great. That's fine. My question starts off, boom. It says, I hate being a mother. I know that's not a PC thing to say, but these feelings have intensified over the past year or so, and I'm not sure how to process it. I love my daughter immensely, and I'm not just saying that to make this question more palatable. She is my absolute favorite person, but how do I get to the point where my love for her and my love for being a mother is equal, or is that even necessary? I ask because I feel like it affects my self-love, finding romantic love, friendship love, and other familiar love. This is a very honest question. Thank you for being willing to be vulnerable enough to ask it. I've been thinking about this, honestly, since my daughter was born or even when I was pregnant, because I thought that I would have like pregnant. It's like, oh, there's this glow and you're just going to love it. I never had a moment where that happened. Yeah. Where even when she was born, it's like, oh my God, this baby is like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I never had that moment. I like her and I mean that because I think like and love are different. Agreed. But this whole like motherhood shit, yeah. I, don't, I just yeah. don't know. And how old is she now? She's 11. So you'd think it'd be better because she's no. independent and can do stuff on her own. Yeah. But like I said, it's just intensified. And I think because I thought it would be done by now, I thought I would find right. the glow, but I just haven't. Yeah. Are you parenting alone? Is her dad around the situation at all? I am a single parent, technically. He is, he lives close by with his wife, but we have not been together since she was like three months old. And does he co-parent with you? Is he like around 50%, 20%? Co-parent's a fun word. I wouldn't describe it as such. Is he present and able to do things? Yes, but I don't feel like I have a co-parent. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I feel like I knew that going into it. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of guilt and regret about that because I knew that this would be shitty. (laughs) Okay. Just to get it before I forget, you were born May 14th, 1984 at 3, 12 PM in Detroit. Yes. So first of all, I want to say before we get into anything specific to you, I think that people lie for lots of reasons. I think one reason why people don't talk about this is because it's such a hard truth to acknowledge and verbalize, let alone hold, that people lie to themselves and therefore to other people. People just have a hard time sitting with the truth when the truth is so rough. You are not alone, even though people don't really talk about this. Mothers don't really get to talk about this much, but I know you're not alone. So I just feel like that's an important thing to say. And Focusing on your question, are you still looking for the glow, for that like mom glow? I don't know. Maybe they're faking it, but I feel like I see all these other moms that look like, oh, she looks like she really likes this shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She looks like she's got it. Posting their kids and looking all happy and seeing them out. Oh, you really wanted to come to this? You really wanted to plan this play date? (laughs) 
I guess I am, but also knowing that deep down, there's just nothing relatable to it for me. I don't know. I'm torn. Like part of me is like, it's going to come. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. the other part is like, just let it go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think that glow is always true. And mm-hmm. I don't think that glow is for everyone. And also it's very true for a lot of moms, of course. Mm-hmm. So I just want to preface it by saying this. You, Angela, have <laughs> a stellium. You've got four planets in Scorpio, including yeah. <laughs> Pluto. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, I have seen my chart. It is that. Yes. <laughs> so not only do you have a stellium in Scorpio, but your moon is sandwiched between Saturn and Mars, which means a lot of things. But amongst those things is that you are a person who does really well alone. You like mm-hmm. being alone. Um, yes. The way that you self-soothe is by being alone. You can be quite particular and fixed about the ways you do things. Like mm-hmm. I wake up, I have a coffee, I do with those kinds of things. In terms of your self-care, there's like a way that works for you and then there's everything else. And that's really hard with parenting because they're whole people and they're very demanding and they don't know how to take care of themselves. So you have to be on top of all of their things straight out the gate. If you had come in being like, hey, you know, should I have kids? I would have been like, do you want kids? Is this really like a thing you want? And honestly, Mars is often involved. Not always, but Mars is often involved and you're... Ability to be responsible is incredibly strong. So I'm guessing that you take very good care of your child. Yes, yes. You do the things. You may not enjoy the things, but you do the things. My concern is not, are you able to do the task? Looking at your chart, the way that you are wired, neediness is not like your favorite thing to engage with. (laughs) I don't understand it. (laughs) Yeah, Even with a child, a needy adult is one thing, but a needy child is just a child. All children are Mm -hmm. are needy, even independent children. Your mind understands that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're willing to do the responsibility things around it, but it is emotionally and physically uncomfortable for you pretty much all the time. Yes. I'm sorry. Let's make matters (laughs) more and say you've got Uranus conjunct your IC. It's at the lowest point of your chart. And mm-hmm. Uranus conjunct the IC means you, again, really like being alone, really mm-hmm. like being spontaneous in your home. You're very particular about sounds and smells in your mm-hmm. home and pace. Like sometimes you need to stay up until all hours of the night. Like that actually mm-hmm. does work for you. But that means, of course, you're not waking up early with a kid. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like you can't do your natural pace. Uranus on the IC makes a person restless. So Oftentimes that'll mean like you physically move apartments or homes frequently. Is that your experience? Mm-hmm. I've moved probably like every three to four years at this point. Yeah. I mean, which I guess is a lot with a kid. Yeah. It's a lot. It's not bananas a lot, but it is not, not a lot. Right. Yeah. This placement, it's not just about physically moving. It's about just getting restless when you feel stuck. And mm-hmm. what's a great way to feel stuck? I don't know have to parent 24 (laughs) hours a day, seven days a week, year after year. I hope none of this makes you feel bad. I hope it validates like you, this is, yeah, this is how you're wired and everything in your chart. I'm like looking for an exception and I just not finding one. Everything in your chart says you are an introvert. You like being alone and you like being in control of your time and space. Everything in your chart, (laughs) every single thing, like everything. 
I mean, on top of I, it, we're not even- I joke with people and say that my love language is efficiency and <laughs> they laugh and I'm like, no, but for real. But it's actually not a joke. It's actually not a joke at all. I mean, listen, you've got moon and Scorpio, Virgo rising, sun in Taurus, a lot of earth. And then your moon and Scorpio is sandwiched between Mars and Saturn. You mm-hmm. want things to be done. You want them to be done the way that you want them to be done. And- to make matters more exciting. You want them to be done the same way all the time until all of a sudden you change your mind and then it's a whole new way. Oh. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And so even if your kid is kind of your bestie and you really mm-hmm. genuinely like her and genuinely love her, that doesn't mean you want to be roommates or to be completely responsible for her at all hours of the day, which you inevitably are and have to be. Do I imagine you will reach a sparkle? Um, I don't know that you sparkle in general. I know. (laughs) Woman after my own heart. So yeah, sparkle's not exactly your thing. Like that that thing is not your thing. I want to say two very contradicting things. You are very consistent. And then you can also like really change on a dime. So you're really consistent until you change on a dime. So can you say both of your names? And don't worry, these will both be beeped out. My name is and then her name is and we have the same birth date. What? Which is super fun. That's bananas. That's like the worst possible thing for you. I'm so sorry. She stole my birthday. I was mad about it at first. And now it's just like, whatever. The older I get, it's like, fine. It's just the damn irony that would happen to you. Like of all the people, the one day that's your day is our day now. Like it's just the universe really telling you. Yeah, 100%. What do you actually call her? You mean like pet names or anything like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I call her There it is. Okay, that's what I was looking for. Thank you. What does she call you? She likes spending time alone. Oh, gosh. Yeah, honestly, a lot of times we come home. And I'll be like, God damn it. Like, where'd you go? Yeah. <laughs> like, she's gone. She likes spending time alone. Yeah. She's really contemplative. I wouldn't say she's really independent, but she really likes being alone. So she's yeah. your child. When I look at things from her perspective, she feels like you're impatient with her. I can um, see that. From her perspective, it looks like, and to be clear, I'm not looking at her virtual, I'm just looking at her psychically. It looks like that would be like the thing does she not tell you what she thinks does she not get mad at you and throw things at you she's 11 isn't that time oh yeah we we can get into it sometimes but not a lot not often there are times where this is such a black mama saying I tell her like look don't talk to me like I'm one of your little friends right (laughs) so I have to tell her that a lot but right but for the most part we communicate really well what I'm seeing though is that like okay does she feel loved Does she Mm -hmm. feel taken care of? And there's an element of she's an 11 year old girl. So not all the time. And like, Mm -hmm. there's like the hormones of like, you don't get me and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then there's your impatience, which comes Mm -hmm. across as irritability. But yeah, you guys talk like you hang Mm -hmm. out. You, You have like a really loving relationship. Yeah. In your way, like in a way that really works for the two of you. Yes. When other people see us interact, it is often be called strange or odd. We talk like friends and we talk about absolutely everything. (laughs) There's nothing that's off limits. And our interactions, like people are like, are you fighting right now? It's like, nope, (laughs) we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to others. I think it's normal. And I think she does too. It's certainly normal for the two of you. And I think she could use more physical affection. And also if you started all of a sudden being physically more affectionate, she would be like, what are you doing? 
Like, yes. I, I think she could use it. I think she could bear more physical affection. And also, I think there's something developmentally really powerful about kids being able to push away our parents' love and mm-hmm. still get that love and not like lose that love or get punished. So I think mm-hmm. that would be good, especially because I am seeing when I look at her energetically, she's having more of an issue internally around her dad. Yep. Does, her, does her dad have other kids now? Uh, yes. Just a couple years old, <laughs> right? Like under yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. There's stuff going on for your daughter. And so she could use more snuggle attacks, really. Mm-hmm. And it can be a snuggle attack, which I think is a little more your style than like gentle, easy snuggle all the time. Like yeah. <laughs> you can snuggle attack her in a playful way and it will be tolerable for you because physical affection is not necessarily your forte if I'm seeing things correctly I have to remember yeah that moon sandwich between Saturn and Mars is just like bodies are for utility why do you Mm -hmm. why are you talking to me about other things like when people are like gently snuggling you you probably want to punch them a little bit yeah I'm not a cuddler yeah at, at all it's true so I don't know what this is going to look like for you do you do her hair yep but is and it like a utilitarian thing? It's Yep. So I braid it so I don't have to do it all the time. And she's really tender. Like when I do her hair, she cries a lot. And I'll admit I've told her to cry on the inside. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's actually talk about that because I'm willing to wager as your astrologer that you're rough. That you're rough yep. with hair. Yeah. You're just like, I don't want to be doing this. So let's just get it done. Yeah, I try. Okay. <laughs> but since so, I don't know what it feels like, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yep. Yep. I understand. And also it's like a long job. It's not like you're doing something yes. for two seconds. It's like a long no. job. So I am going to give you this homework. This is not going to give you any sparkle feelings. Is this going to feel worse than what you're currently doing? A little, but it is worth it for the next year or two. If you could do this, mm-hmm. be more gentle with how you braid her hair. Okay. Or spring for someone else doing it that she feels easy with. Okay. But I think it would be ideal if you could do it. This could be a time where she feels like affection from you that is actually easier for you than snuggling. Mm-hmm. Braiding her hair is actually your your lightest lift. I'm giving you a soft pitch. It's just not coming at you soft. You literally, like you've Mars and Scorpio, conjunct Saturn. You literally have a hard head. Mm-hmm. Like you're somebody who could fall into something with your head and be fine. So I'm not surprised that you're like, I don't get the big deal. Like somebody can yeah. pull at your hair and you're absolutely fine, but it's in your chart that you have a hard head. It's not like you mm-hmm. have a normal head. You have a hard head. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you are not like a good barometer of what is like acceptable aggressiveness with hair. So I'm going to give you that. Not at all. No, just not. The only other piece of advice I would give you here you ask her a lot of questions, like you're interested in her thoughts and her opinions and all this kind of stuff, correct? Yes. But you don't ask her questions about her feelings as much. No. It doesn't <laughs> even occur to you, right? <laughs> no, it's usually like some current news topic. Oh my God, did you hear about such and such? What do mm-hmm. you think about that? Like yep. talk about stuff like that. Yeah. And that works for yeah. both of you, actually. Yeah. And it, this is what I'm going to say is very hard because it's just not your nature. Mm-hmm. There's no relationship that this would be easy for you to remember to do. But Mm -hmm. I would say asking questions about how she feels. So if you're talking about like, did you hear about this ridiculous TikTok trend or this scandalous news thing or whatever, just throw in the the question, how do you feel? And certainly about things like her dad Mm -hmm. or like there's stuff going on for her socially right now with her friend group. Are you aware of this? I know she's got a a new best friend. (laughs) Yeah, there's like stuff going on in her social world. And asking her like, 
yeah, how do you feel about your old bestie? You know, like, mm-hmm. why do you like this new girl? How does she make you feel? Mm-hmm. You may even like literally Google how to ask emotionally probing questions or like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like get a list of questions. <laughs> you don't have to invent the wheel here, you know? It's so funny. Those are the types of things I Google. Yeah, as you should, <laughs> because the, the Scorpio stellium that you have is you go really deep or mm-hmm. you veer away. Yes. You're kind of all in, all out. Yes, completely. And so if you're going to ask emotionally probing questions, just like by your nature, they're going to be like with an adult, first of all, Mm -hmm. and they're going to come out of like a deep emotional connection, Mm -hmm. which has to be somewhat tumultuous. Otherwise, you don't consider it deep. Mm -hmm. You don't want a tumultuous connection with your kid. An 11 year old should not be, you know, that deep. And so it just doesn't occur to you. It doesn't even enter your mind. And Mm -hmm. what you want to be able to do for her is to be able to give her that tool of being able to identify her emotions. Okay. That's the thing because she's having so many emotions right now and she's not able to really identify them necessarily. And so she needs a little bit more of that because basically if I'm being totally frank, I'm just, I'm scanning. I'm giving you this advice because I'm scanning for, is this feeling that you have of like, Jesus fucking Christ, I do not want to be a parent, a mother specifically. Is it leaking on her? Like, is it causing harm? And those are the things that are standing out to me that really would be incredibly valuable to her for you to do. And they're not going to change a damn thing about how you feel. I'm sorry. That's not what this advice is for. I want to then shift the focus onto you unless you have any questions about her or parenting stuff in that way. You mentioned her dad a lot. That was a very, it was just a terrible, abusive relationship. And she's expressed a lot about almost like being scared of her dad, Mm -hmm. not wanting to be there sometimes. And I think maybe that adds to just the overwhelm of parenting. I always feel like I have to be like, extra on top of shit and extra whatever she might be missing or lacking or feeling a certain type of way about. Yeah. And part of me almost didn't even send the question in because I was like, maybe it's just that. Maybe I hate this because I hate doing it with him. Mm. (laughs) Like having to do this with him is pretty bad. It is almost like I feel like there's a hurricane and I'm in the calm of the eye and trying to just stay like in the middle of the eye, the calm and have her there with me. But we're surrounded and I can there's nothing I can do to break out of that. You are doing a lot, actually. You are a consistent, safe place for her. I won't say you never scare her because everyone's scared of their parents sometimes. I'm sure I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of your <laughs> job, I think, to scare her into sense. Yeah. Like, that's part of your job. And also, again, Scorpio stellium. You can scare anyone. Mm-hmm. That is your birthright. But yeah. you do provide her safety and consistency. She is herself around you. She's herself in her home. How many of us are like, yeah, I had a great dad or I had great. Both my parents were awesome. I felt totally safe. If there mm-hmm. were many people like that, I wouldn't have a very busy job. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, realistically, that's not it. But what you can do is model for her what a safe parent is. And I think you are doing that in a lot of ways. And is she expressing fear around him, like being physically violent or just being like an unpredictable, intense guy? Definitely the latter. The Not towards her physically violent, just like punching holes in the wall or mm-hmm. like, being aggressive towards her stepmom yeah things like that which is why I left yeah which (laughs) Um, is congratulations thanks (laughs) but I still because we have to I don't want to say share this child it makes her sound like a commodity but just we have to 
co-parent as much as we can. I feel like she's constantly bouncing back and forth between like sucking up something and then coming home mm-hmm. and be like, oh my God. <laughs> and I can feel that on her a lot. And I see it on her a lot. Do you have a legal agreement where you have to let her go no. there? Okay. No. Realistically speaking, do you like desperately need that time when she's gone? Desperately? In my head, yes. But, and I have tried, like I've told him about these things and we, I've kept her from going over there for a while. Mm-hmm. That was a shit show of a conversation. I don't even call it a conversation. It was just shit show. Yeah. And turned into blaming me and you must be doing this and I've tried that and I think certain things have gotten better. I think it's still hard for her because of the latter of what you said like mm-hmm. this. I don't know if he's going to freak out today. <laughs> right. Know? Even without asking his name, which is how I usually look at people energetically, I see that he's really unpredictable and mm-hmm. vi- he's like the opposite of you. He's constantly making noise. He's constantly like taking up space in this really intense yeah. way. He's aggressive, even when he's not like punching holes in walls. There's something like yes. inherently aggressive about him. Yeah. We, we it's you aggressive say- in all things. Happiness, like he's happy, it's like 10. If he's mm-hmm. angry, it's 10. If he's feeling any sort of emotion, it's 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's no spectrum. It is all 10. Uh, which is really kind of the opposite of how you function. Even if you yes. might feel that way on the inside, that is not how you function. Will you do me a favor and we're going to beep this out, but say his full name for me. His name is. Okay. There's going to come a point where she's probably going to need you to pull her out. Okay. Of, of being around him. And this makes sense why before I was like, okay, let's talk about how you can give her emotional tools to identify how she's feeling because she is so incredibly tense around him. She doesn't feel at home. She doesn't feel safe. And whether or not he would cross the line and perpetrate physical harm to her. I would not wish that on her, of course. But in a way, if that happened, she'd be like, he did a thing. You'd be like, never again. And it would be over. Mm -hmm. But what he does is everything but that. And it is, it's like, if you're like having a fight with somebody and they're driving the car and then they just drive really reckless and fast, it's Mm -hmm. abusive. It's really a terrible thing because you're terrorizing somebody. Mm -hmm. And he terrorizes people. Some of it is very intentional and some of it's just his damn personality. Yes. She is too tightly wound to take it. No 11-year-old should or could, but with her personality, she just holds her breath the whole time she's there. And unfortunately, that puts you in the bad position of having to decide whether or not you, like, take her away from her dad, save her from her dad, or Mm -hmm. leave the situation as it is. Like, nothing you do with him is going to go over easy, though. I mean, honestly, nothing. there's no version of anything that will work easily. Do you ever think about leaving the area, like leaving the state that you're in? I've thought about it. And I've even asked her what she thought. And her first thought was, how would I see my sister? (laughs) Okay. Um, She calls my mother. She's like, well, what about? (laughs) They're like the golden girls. That's adorable. (laughs) That is They they really are. My mother is Rose and my daughter is Sophia. It is the funniest thing. That is amazing. Does that make you Dorothy? Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit it. I am Dorothy's Bornak through and through. I'm okay with that. That's awesome. Um, that is awesome. I respect that very much. Okay. So like leaving isn't actually a good idea. It's not like an answer because it just creates all these yeah. other problems. And then I'd really be doing parenting by myself and it's like, holy crap. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've thought about it, but I've mostly thought about just reserving that until she's older. That's smart. And also watch maybe a real pain in your ass. Get ready, Kay. (laughs) Um, Get ready. Starting in January of 2023, you entered into a once in a lifetime period. 
It's called Pluto Square Mercury. And this will okay. last you two years. And this transit, I know I tried to make it sound exciting. It's not. This transit <laughs> is is overlapping with your Pluto Square. Have you heard of the Pluto Square? I have heard you talk about it, but you're going to have to remind oh, me. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> so your Pluto Square just began on February 12th, last week. Um, okay. Both of these transits last two years long. And this is why you're going to have to deal with your fucking ex. Let me start with the Pluto square to Pluto. Pluto square to Pluto happens to everyone somewhere around anywhere from late 30s to early 40s, around 40. And mm -hmm. it's the first transit associated with the three transits that mark the mid-age crisis. So you're at the beginning. Fun. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun from here on out. Pluto square to Pluto, what it does is it brings up, and this again just started a week ago and will last you two years, it brings up issues that you felt like you dealt with issues from your early childhood, like your core shit, the stuff that you mm -hmm. feel like, oh, I already handled that in my 20s. I worked through yeah. that. And then it starts coming back up in your Pluto square to Pluto. And it does so, so that you confront and hopefully heal. But what happens for a lot of people is it feels like you're being tortured by circumstances that are, of course, different, but bring up the same core issues. Were you raised with your dad? Yes. They divorced when I was in my late teens. Okay. I was almost in college. And was he also a very intense man? Yes. Yeah. Having to deal with somebody who's technically impossible to deal with and have good, have it go well, your best case scenario is still going to go really poorly, right? Yes. This is the theme is it doesn't matter what I do. It's still going to fucking suck. And so mm -hmm. this idea of like, well, do I do anything? It's not just bringing up shit from your childhood. It's bringing up shit from your mom and the relationship she had with her husband and how she mm -hmm. did or didn't protect you. So this is a really big theme that is activated for you in your Pluto square to Pluto. It's likely also to impact your finances because of where Pluto is placed in your birth chart. At the exact same time, you're going through a Pluto square to Mercury. Pluto square to Mercury makes you really focused mentally on things that are intense. Your thoughts, when they're just like lingering, they're going to intense and heavy things right now. And by right now, I mean for the next two years. And okay. so you're, what you're thinking about, how you're feeling about it, how you communicate, what you actually say is likely to get more intense. A lot of times in this transit, people experience power struggles and verbal conflicts because you just need to say what you're fucking thinking. And mm -hmm. because you have this Mercury-Pluto opposition in your birth chart, you learned from your childhood it was better to say nothing and be withholding than to say something and have to deal with unpredictable consequences. And so now, unfortunately, this fucking ex of yours is likely to trigger this stuff. And it may get mm -hmm. triggered in other smaller ways, like in a work dynamic or something where it's not like, you know, on a scale from one to 10, it's on a 10. It might be at a two, but it's still that theme playing out. It is possible that this theme could play out with your relationship to parenting itself. And to that, I say... One of the most important, impactful, and effective things you can do for yourself is accept that you had a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know it sounds like too simple or something, but... No, it doesn't. It's all that Scorpio. It's really hard for you to accept things that you don't completely want. Sometimes it's these like unconscious things that we do that help us to let go. And when we let go, when we're not holding on so tight, there's mm -hmm. less pain. And what you have okay. a tendency to do is hold on real fucking tight when there's something that you're not feeling safe with. 
or mm -hmm. in control more like you don't feel safe when you don't feel control and mm -hmm. i've never met a parent who feels like they're in control unless they're like super intense and that's a whole other problem mm -hmm. what i would encourage you to do for your own self is to accept that like it or hate it you absolutely have a kid and you're a mom and within that you have choices but it's only within that that you have choices Mm -hmm. And if you have grief around that, let yourself have grief. If you need to talk about it, get the a shrink. Do you have a therapist? I was doing therapy for a while. Not anymore. So this is what I'm going to say to you about therapy for you. The only reason why I think you need therapy is because you can talk circles around anyone. Your <laughs> friends giving good advice is wonderful, but that's just based on what you fucking tell them. And I can see as yeah. an astrologer <laughs> that you don't tell people things unless you're ready. You've already ha handled it pretty much. Right. So when you're at like 80 percent, you start sharing. Am I yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Within that, I would say a therapist is a human lockbox. You're paying somebody to listen to you, sort through, talk through, figure out what you think, not somebody mm -hmm. to give you advice. You do not need advice. Sometimes you want advice, but you hate advice because if somebody's right, you don't like that anymore than you like it if they're wrong. That's true. <laughs> yes, yes. So instead, thinking of therapy as just a place where you can like work things out verbally, which is an important skill for you to have and also honestly makes things go quicker. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to care what they think. They're not your friend. You're paying them to be on your team for an hour once a week. You could handle that. That could work for you. Somebody to just like sort things out. And ideally somebody who could ask you, again, all this fucking Scorpio stuff, you get really tight. Mm -hmm. And when you get too tight, somebody who's a good enough therapist to be like, hey, slow down, have a breath. How do you feel? And then you can hate them. And they're not your friends, so it's okay. But you keep mm -hmm. coming back because on your own, you don't have an easy time remembering to like breathe. Mm -hmm. For that reason, I encourage therapy for you. It's really worth exploring because you could use somebody who's literally just there for you. That's okay. what it's about. It's not about advice. You mm -hmm. don't need advice. I'm giving you advice literally. So I guess maybe you need advice, but like, mm -hmm. I just see the way your mind works. That's not what therapy is for you. Public schools are really struggling right now. That's why I want you to know about Donors Choose. They connect the public to public schools. Their mission is to make it easy for everyone to help a teacher in need, moving us closer to a nation where students in every community have the tools and experiences they need for a great education. You can donate money to classrooms around the U.S., and it's very easy to do. Go to donorschoose.org to support a classroom today. Okay. Ah, you have to accept that you're alive. And there's okay. a part of you that's really resisting that. Yeah, I feel like I tend to be really robotic about a lot of things, which doesn't really necessarily translate to being alive. Yeah. <laughs> it translates it, to almost like just step one, step two, step yeah. three, step four you're, throughout you're, the day. You're being the responsible to, to the mm -hmm. human condition that you find yourself in. Like you're handling what you've been given. But mm -hmm. I think there's this part of you that's like waiting to one day open a door and then there's sparkle. Like there's, yeah. that, there's that thing. I think if you walked into a room and it was filled with sparkle, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? And you would walk out yeah. of the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does take me a while to, because I have friends like that, that I shouldn't say I make fun of them. I appreciate them very much. It's like, yo, what is this shit? <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> it's, so cute. it's just not your wiring. And so- 
at some point you decided that sparkle was something that would be life affirming. And that if you mm -hmm. only you had that sparkle, then you would feel a particular way. But mm -hmm. I think you have enough evidence at this age that when you encounter sparkle, you're like, huh, what is this? And you actually, that's not your version of happy. Mm -hmm. It's somebody else's version of happy. And she's a, a very well-received woman in the world. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that that's your version. And mm -hmm. the more that you can accept what your version of happy is, something mm -hmm. that is different than sparkle, but equally valuable to you as mm -hmm. your idea about sparkle. Did I make up that word or did you use that? Use the word sparkle, right? I think I said glow. Glow, glow. Okay, <laughs> good. I was. I saw it as a sparkle. You were calling, okay, glow. And honestly, I think a lot of it is for you contemplative. Like you, you, mm -hmm. you are, I wouldn't say somber. I would say self-serious person. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're Dorothy, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and that is a beautiful thing. My question for you is, am I speaking to the things that are important? Did I answer the question about your ex? Is there anything yes. else you want me to speak to? Any other kind of questions you have? I think the other part of the question was just, and I don't know if I have this question anymore because I feel like the guilt of not loving being a mom was almost making me feel as if I didn't deserve other types of love. It's like, well, if I can't get this right, <laughs> uh. then what's even the point of the other stuff? You know, romantic love or even love with friendships, community, stuff like that. They're going to see that I fucking hate this shit and mm -hmm. they're not going to want me. <laughs> oh, that's intense. Yeah, but I think I feel more at ease with not loving being a mom and being okay with loving my child and loving her well and hopefully not raising an asshole. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's always something that kind of digs at the back of my mind. It's like almost like a worthiness or a prerequisite for other types of love. Okay. Lots of people don't want to be a mom. I don't think that makes anyone unworthy of love, whether you mm -hmm. have a kid or not. But Again, we're back to self-acceptance because there's this way that I don't know that you've accepted the kind of love you actually want. You know, if I'm looking at your birth chart and I'm saying, well, okay. And you, do you still date men? Only Is it only men? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I'm looking at your chart and I'm like, okay, you're telling me you want to be in love? Question mark. Is that kind of how you feel? <laughs> I want a, a life partner. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't think I want to get married. I just want like a really, really good friend who I also have sex with and makes life better by being yeah. here and vice versa. That's, that's it. That's a woman after my own heart. Let me just say that. Okay. <laughs> so a couple things. Agreed. You do not want to get married. I think it would fuck things up for you. It would make you feel mm -hmm. trapped. Yes. Maybe one day you and your best friend partner who you like having sex with, you're like, oh shit, we're old or one of us had a medical <laughs> issue. Okay. We'll get married <laughs> for that reason. You could do that and it will still make you itchy. Uranus opposite the midheaven conjunct the IC. I just gonna fucking do that. So again, congratulations that you know yourself and you accept that. I agree. What you want is a best friend, somebody who you can be quiet with, who you mm -hmm. can trust, somebody who doesn't lie. You don't have to guess what they're thinking. They just tell you, which is yes. why you ended up with your ex, because it seemed like you put everything out there. Um, yes. <laughs> but he he, did, he wasn't necessarily honest with himself, let alone with you. He just mm -hmm. put everything out there. What you want is somebody who is more verbal than you are, but not necessarily <laughs> more. Yeah, that's right. Um, but not necessarily more extroverted than you are. Yeah. And that's like a very specific thing. I think you yeah. can totally have that. There is nothing in your chart that makes me think 
this is not going to happen for you. In fact, I think this is not a bad time for you to go and try dating. <laughs> I know it was rude. It was mean. I was so rude and mean. <laughs> like the cesspool of dating is just torture. It's so, overwhelming. <laughs> you're no good with small talk. Oh, fuck no. You're like, no good with it. Um, no. Do you ever go out on dates? Yep. Okay. And when you do, where do you, what do you do? Where do you go? Like a bar, a restaurant? Usually something like that. I've gone to some where it's like a, we sit and talk at a park, which I guess mm -hmm. sounds boring to some people, but you know, that's the only idea I really like yeah, to that's read the one. people. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you a couple pieces of advice. The first one is don't go to bars with men. You're never going to like a guy you meet at a bar. It's just not your vibe. It's... I'm not really a drinker either. No, I knew that because you're not an addict. You've got yeah. like an all or nothing card around that. <laughs> so going to bars, it's not just that it's not your vibe. It's also, it's like, it's what everyone does. And that turns you off just on principle. Yes. Yeah. So going for a walk is great because there's like a distraction. Sitting at a park bench is great. That works. You could get like an ice cream or something, you know, like walking grab kind of thing is fine. I actually think you would do really well. And I don't know if this would resonate with you by the third date, or if you're having fun on a first date, pulling out a multiple choice questionnaire and the two of you answer it. Like personality. Oh my God, that's like my dream. It's a dream, right? I nailed it. I nailed it. Thank you. Don't wait for a man to be your dream. You be the dream. Pull it out. And any guy who's like, what the fuck are you doing is not your man. <laughs> or unless he says that and he's like delighted. Yes, he's your man. Let's get rid of this whole idea that you need to be like appealing to men. No, you need to mm -hmm. be yourself. And the right guy is going to be all about that. Everyone else is not. You just hate wasting your time. You're very yes. against it. You're very against it. And you're not good at talking about shit you don't think is interesting. So yeah. a multiple choice questionnaire would be interesting, not only because you're getting to know the guy, but there's so many conversations that can happen as a result of any one stupid question. I would encourage you to seriously like find a website you like, download a few in your phone. So you just have them if you need mm -hmm. them. If you're like bored with a friend or on a date. Are you shy? Am I seeing that you're shy with men? I tend to let other people take the lead in social situations because I observe a lot and I'm not like opening up is really awkward to me because I feel like once I do, I'll be seen as like, why would she ask that? <laughs> like, okay. A little, a little too much, not necessarily personality wise. It's kind of like, girl, I don't know you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I saw when I gave you that advice that it was like great advice until you thought about actually doing it. And you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Am I right? I, I might. <laughs> okay. 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 Good. Good. I like that you might, because what I'm seeing is that you may pull back, but it's just not great for you. If you actually want to get to know a person, you mm -hmm. are a lot. And that doesn't have to work for anyone but the one. Like it only needs mm -hmm. to work for one person. And when I say that you're a lot, I really just mean, it's not just that you don't like small talk. It's that you do like deep conversations about something real. Like you could yeah. be talking about some stupid celebrity situation, but having a real conversation about like the social implications behind it or like the morals of it. Mm -hmm. You want to be talking about something that actually matters to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had a conversation with a guy who I, met on an app our first conversation talking about normal shit and then he mentioned something i was like what do you think about lgbtq plus rights yeah and he was like wait what <laughs> like i don't even know you and i've never heard from him again so it's shit Great. like that that's that perfect I and i was like well okay then <laughs> i want to say keep doing that i just want to say keep doing that because you can only be yourself and if a guy likes you for not being yourself who fucking cares what a waste of mm -hmm. your time
And any guy who's like, wait, what about something that to you is just like a normal conversation? It's just Mm -hmm. not for you. You already know that you want a little bit of a unicorn, like a little Mm -hmm. bit of a unicorn. I think you can have that unicorn. You just have to be willing to let people see you more frequently. My daughter told me years ago, she was like five. She was like, mom, the only way you're going to meet someone is if, he, is if he's just as weird as we are. So yes, <laughs> That's adorable. That. there's no other way to put it though. That is just what it is, what it is, what it is. Something that is really deeply a part of you is that you are kind of a dude. Like you're kind of a mm-hmm. dude. Um, I've been told that a lot. I'm sure you have. And you want to be left alone. Like you want space. You mm-hmm. want to like do weird, cool things. And you also want to do nothing. Like you are very compatible to date a man, to be intimate with a man in that way. Mm-hmm. It's the ways in which you hold yourself back that stop you from showing yourself to the right guy. Do you have a thing about tall guys? I'll say yes, but I've dated all different heights just because slim pickings. <laughs> I respect that. Yes. I was going to say, I think you should be open to short guys. Okay. Yeah. I, I have yeah, been I'm, lately. Good. But... I don't know. That must be why it came up. I was like, I don't know why I'm seeing this, but I'm seeing be open to short guys. Be open to guys that are not necessarily like what you think you're attracted to because you're the kind mm-hmm. of person, if you like his mind and you like the way he feels, like his energy around you, you'll just develop an attraction for him. Like the people that you're like, instantly you look at them and you're like, yes, that one are not always reliably the one. Scorpio, Scorpio, Scorpio. Yes, for sure. (laughs) So chemistry, like initial chemistry is not a reliable metric for you. It's weird conversations that go somewhere. That's the reliable Mm -hmm. metric. That's the guy you're going to want to (laughs) tolerate, you know? Mm -hmm. You're somebody who I think you could date somebody for a couple of years before you even have a conversation about like what's next. That is really great. The key is continuing to put yourself out there. Now, say your full name. I think you could get into a relationship this year if you put yourself out there. So exhausting. I know. I know. So this is where, so this is why I checked. Okay. This is good. You don't completely want a relationship. You want to know that you'll have a relationship, but you don't necessarily want a relationship right now. I just want to wake up one day and be like, there you are. There's the glow. There's the glow. And it shuts down when I don't want it. And it opens up when I do want it. Okay. So if you don't really have space in your life right now to date, don't do it. Don't waste your fucking time. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, unless you're getting something out of it. Pulling a guy to scratch an itch and move on with your life or whatever, that works. And do you have casual sex? Speaking of itch scratching? Yes. Okay, great. It's good for you. You're fine. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but it looks like you're somebody who can get in there, get it done and keep on Mm -hmm. moving. Am I I right about that? Yep. (laughs) So the key, of course, is safer sex. Are you pretty good about that? Yes. Great. It's very important. I mean, like, I honestly don't see any downside for you about hooking up. But I will say the guys that you just hook up with, are not weird enough for you. Like they're not smart enough for you. They're not weird enough for you. And as long as you're really clearly not leading yourself to believe that's the only guy out there, it's just Mm -hmm. the easy guy out there. So what it really is, is that you don't want to have to deal with a man until your child is like on the verge of moving on. I think it's more like the prospect of dating is just exhausting like having to go through the shit and talk about dumb shit and then realizing just wasted my time that was three weeks I can't get back I think it's more that than her what you're describing is dating somebody you don't like (laughs) just so we're clear all I've done (laughs) right right I think the reason why I'm seeing you don't want to date until you're done parenting is because 
parenting is hard and you think dating is going to be hard. So like one difficult thing at a time. This is the attitude that you are running here. Okay. And (laughs) I will say, if you have good conversations with a man somewhere between the first and third date, he's definitely worth giving three more dates to. Okay. If you don't have a good conversation by the third date, love him and leave him. It's enough. Okay. So we're talking about three dates. Now, it does that mean three weeks, like one date in a week? Maybe. Is that three weeks of your life you'll never get back? That's the wrong attitude. That's the wrong attitude. (laughs) But that's how I see time. I see it as like, let me give you a reframe. (laughs) Yeah. Let me give you a reframe. Let me give you a reframe. Okay. Think about this. Do you eat bread? Yes. Okay. You have a loaf of bread. You're eating a slice. Is Mm -hmm. it like bread you'll never get back or money you'll never get back? No. You ate the bread. Mm -hmm. got something out of it did you that second slice no you didn't need the second slice or the fifth slice or whatever you know whatever the metaphor is but you ate it and you paid Mm -hmm. for it paid for it in all the ways that we pay for the things that we pay for right i would recommend a tweak on your thinking it's not a waste of your time to go on a date with somebody and decide that they're not right for you okay (laughs) it's a waste of your time to know someone's not right for you and keep on going on dates with him yes there's a difference Okay. (laughs) Yes. So it's really about shifting your attitude that will help. And essentially, this is like accepting that you have to date to find the one, which you're not even completely (laughs) accepted that. But that's the move, right? And I I think that if you date somebody and let's say you're like, oh, he could work. And six Mm -hmm. months later, you're like, no, he could not work. No, I don't think that's a waste of your time either. Because the truth is, Was the last real relationship you had your ex, your kid's father? Kind of the longest lasting. I've had like a couple of relationships in between there that were short or were not really relationships. So yeah. They were like situation-y is what it looks like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That tells you that there's something in your picker where that guy felt like the right choice, right? And he's too much like your dad. So there's something in your picker that you need to kind of work out. Back to my stupid bread metaphor, you make a sandwich for the first time and you might not make it very well. But if you keep on making Mm -hmm. the sandwich, you just make it better and it gets easier. The same thing is true with dating. And I think (laughs) if you date someone for six months and you think it's going to work and then you're like, he's a fucking idiot. This is not going to work. Okay, that's not a waste of your time. That's a time in your life where you learn something about yourself Mm -hmm. and you learn something about why you may have misinterpreted things about him. Now, if you date him for six months and for three months, you're miserable and you know better. That's a waste of your time. It takes about, in a long-term relationship, at least three to six months to figure that out usually. And in a shorter-term relationship, three weeks to Mm -hmm. figure out, this isn't working for me. Because sometimes you're like, am I having a bad day? Is he having a bad day? Is it just a mean full moon and that's what this is or something? Or Mm -hmm. is it that I don't fucking like this guy, right? Like it takes a minute to figure it out. So you don't want to be like, it took me a month to figure it out. That was a waste of my time. No, it takes time to figure things out. So what we're talking about, yes, we're talking about romantic love, but we're really talking about the same thing that we're talking about with motherhood, which is like, Mm -hmm. can you accept the job? You know, like, can you really accept, like, this is where it is. This is where it is. And there are things that you need to do to get a bestie who you also want to bone mm-hmm. and for a long period of time, right? There's things okay. you need to do to make that happen, right? And yeah. if you can accept that, what you will have to do then is engage with all that you cannot control and that you do not know. And that makes you want to shut down and run for the hills. Yikes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but that's the move. That's what's in your way. I really do think that you get that out of your way, aka you like work through it, you move through it, 
Um, and yeah, I do think you're going to have a relationship and on your terms. Okay. It's not easy. I'm not trying to act like, oh, <laughs> just move that out of your way. <laughs> torture. I'm recommending that you engage in torture and again, get a therapist to help you work through it. But a lot of this is about a reframing your approach or your attitude. Yeah. And I know that dating can take time and energy away from parenting, technically speaking, but mm -hmm. also know that it is really valuable for your child to see you prioritizing your own happiness. She does get excited if I've had times where a man is calling. She's like, yeah. oh, look. <laughs> like, That's adorable. Um, and I do feel strongly about wanting to model mm -hmm. actual love for her because yes. I, she doesn't see that anywhere, I don't think, yeah. between people who love each other romantically. Yeah. Uh, I want her to see that, hey, this shit can actually happen. Yes. I and know there's happen. no one here. <laughs> and it can happen on your terms. Like, you don't have to be like a traditional mother or traditional yeah. woman in any particular way and you can still be happy i think that motivation will actually help you a little bit okay yeah because you're modeling for her how to get out of your own way which every mm -hmm. person who dates has to do one way or another mm -hmm. i have an annoying question what do your apps say do you use an app where it says something about you or is it just like a swipe on a face situation I'm a serial deleter of apps. You're talking about dating apps? Yes, I am. And I am 0% surprised. Uh -huh. Yeah, I will download it, fill out all the shit. Yeah. Put something in there to let them know like, hey, I'm fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then yep. I'll get some matches and then someone will piss me off and be like, fuck this. And, <laughs> and you're out. Delete, delete, delete. Yep. And so, so that's where I currently am. <laughs> you're deleted. Yes. Okay. I would say the next time you feel it, Choose a site that has some sort of multiple choice questionnaire because you like those because okay. they're fun. I don't know if the matches are more reliable or not, but mm -hmm. a man who bothers to fill out a questionnaire is a better match for me for you straight out the fucking gate, right? Than somebody who okay. just wants to <laughs> upload a photo. Um, yeah. So I think you do need somebody who likes to do steps, who's willing to do steps. So I think that's first of all what I would do. And then if you have friends that you trust enough, do you have friends that you really trust? Yes, but they don't live here. In the state. It doesn't matter. For my advice, it doesn't matter at all. In fact, that's okay. better. You could have a friend help you manage your dating profile. <laughs> I have a friend who would love that shit. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. So I once did that for a friend, actually. I just completely managed her dating profile. And when people messaged her, I was like, I am not the person you're seeing. I am her dear friend. And let me tell you, blah, blah, blah. And I, I just screen people. Now, it doesn't have to be that advanced and that dramatic, but you could just have her sort through and be like, okay, it's Thursday. You can go on the app. I went through all the like creeps or whatever. So it's just like more of a friend thing and also less of a kind of like heavy lift because again, you're not great with the small talk stuff and like the little admin stuff. Mm -hmm. So if your friend could help you with that, that would be great. The other thing, oh, I'm okay. saying that would be really great. The other thing is the way you describe yourself is probably like not doing you justice. So if your friend <laughs> had a hand in your profile, that would be really helpful. Like if you do a multiple choice questionnaire thing, do it on Zoom with a friend so that your friend can be like, what are you saying? That's not you because they will. Because okay. you get weird in your head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. So those are things you can try. Okay. You have to try them now. You can try them in a year or never, obviously. Okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I'm not saying, oh, you have to do this now. But I am saying taking a slightly different attitude and approach will help you. Okay. Yeah.
Do you have any remaining questions? Did I get at the main question for you? And you can take a time moment to think about it if you'd like. No, I think we got it. it. Um, And I definitely do appreciate the advice about my daughter and being more affectionate with her. Because you're right. There are times she's like, mom. And my mom makes fun of us because like when I'm like, hey, give me a kiss. She's like, ew. And then she's like, mom, give me a kiss. I'm like, girl, back up. (laughs) You know, I think maybe we just need to match a little more or maybe I just need to be the one that doesn't always like, oh, girl. Yes. Um, Because she's the child. I'm the mom. That's that. I think that's the move. She can say it all the time. That's great. As long as, yeah, as long as you keep coming back for more and you keep Mm -hmm. on showing her that you want to, even if it's in a like teasy, jokey way, like that you're trying Mm -hmm. to make contact, that'll help. And it'll help her cope with what's happening with her dad. Yeah. That's the other thing is just like, it took me almost three weeks to talk to him (laughs) about what I needed to talk about, like her spending less time there. It took me three weeks. And then he called me back three times later that day just to yell. I'm so sorry. And it's like, oh, so every time, like even something small, like yesterday I needed him to take her to tennis practice. It took me an hour to send a text. (laughs) Damn. Okay. (laughs) And do you keep all of your communication in writing? Yes. I, I try not to call just because I don't feel like it. <laughs> Why should you talk to him? No, it's yeah, way, my it's boundaries not... are really tight with him. And yeah, good. Yeah, I definitely think if you're going to talk to him about this kind of stuff, ideally, it would be an email. Okay. Text is fine, too. But email is like if you end up having to be like, you can't see her. If it gets mm-hmm. there, having an email trail is just easier for you to yeah, protect that with. So that's also, it might be easier on you to email because if he's, if you're texting, he's like right there on his phone. He can text you right back or call you. Whereas mm-hmm. email is like an extra step. So if it's not something like, I need you to pick her up right now for tennis, but something mm-hmm. more like she doesn't want to come to your fucking house and you have mm-hmm. to find a way to say that, then that might be more of an email than a text. Okay. I would say, yeah. And he checks emails, right? I haven't emailed him in a very long time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, assume so. He has yeah. the same e- email address. If you have to deal with like big boundaries with him, you should tell your family that you're doing it. Okay. Don't do it alone. You're doing it alone mm-hmm. too much. And yes, I think you could like tell your bestie, tell your mom, tell people that actually like deeply care about you. I have mm-hmm. to deal with this. It's stressing me out. I'm not asking you for advice. I don't need help. I just need you to know I this is torture and I'm being tortured mm-hmm. by my brain and the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's fair to say to people, like, please don't give me advice. I'm not asking for advice. I'm just telling you how I feel. It sucks. I think that would be helpful for you, honestly, because then the people who care about you can check in on you later when you might be in a better mood to bring it up, but you're just too shy and in your head to bring it up. Yes. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah, I just want to thank you again for writing in this question. It's very real and hard. Thank you for your time. That was eye-opening. That is what we're here for. A little eye-opening. It is my pleasure. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.